Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 605. He gave me an apologetic look. I'd be lying if I said I didn't want this over, he said, then added quickly. If we can do it smart, he might have said more, but the words caught in his throat and he began to cough. I looked at Tempe. Tempe looked back. The worst thing was, my gut agreed with Thaden. I wanted this done. I wanted a warm bed and a decent meal. I wanted to get Martin somewhere dry. I wanted to go back to Severin where I could bask in Alvaron's gratitude. I wanted to find Denna, apologize, and explain why I had left without a word. Only a fool fights the tide. Fine. I looked up at Dayton. If one of your friends dies because of this, it will be your fault. I saw a flicker of uncertainty cross his face, then disappear as he set his jaw. He had said too much for his pride to let him back down. I leveled a long finger at him. But for now, each of you must do as I say. I'll listen to your suggestions, but I give the orders. I looked around. Martin and Tempe nodded right away, with Hespi following only a second after. Dayton gave a slow nod. I looked at him. Swear it. His eyes narrowed. If you pull another stunt like this when we're attacking tonight, you could get us killed. I don't trust you. I'd rather leave tonight than go into this with someone I can't trust. There was another tense moment, but before it stretched too long, Martin chimed in. Come on, Den. The boys actually got a fair bit of on the ball. He set up this little ambush in about four seconds. His tone turned jocular. Besides, he's not as bad as that bastard Brenwi, and the money for that little privy dance wasn't half as good. Dayton cracked a smile. Yeah, I suppose you're right. So long as it's over tonight. I didn't doubt for a second Dayton would still go his own way if it suited him. Swear you'll follow my orders. He shrugged and looked away. Yeah, I swear. Not enough. Swear it on your name. He wiped the rain from his face and looked back at me, confused. What? I faced him and spoke formally. Dayton. Will you do as I say tonight, without questioning or hesitation? Dayden, do you swear it on your name? He shifted from foot to foot for a moment and straightened a little. I swear it on my name. I stepped closer to him and said, Dayden, very softly. At the same time, I fed a small, tiny burst of heat through the wax simulacrum in my pocket. Not enough to do anything but enough that he could feel it, just for a moment. I saw his eyes widen and gave him my best Taberlin the Great smile. The end of the page. <laughs> I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. I have questions. All right. How did he feed heat through the moment? He got heat. rid of the ash and he has nothing else that's... Oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, never mind. Yeah, just a small one. And I think Kvothe is uh, willing to get a little bit colder if it means pulling one over on Dayton like this. And this is fun. I think this is as close to comeuppance as we get. Um, we get a little bit more on tomorrow's page. But this is good fun. We know that it's harmless, and it's it's a little bit nice to see Dayton squirm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's also nice to see Martin come to Quoth's defense like this. Also, Jeremy's back. Jeremy has uh, reconstituted his form from the slurry that the harpies who were devouring him uh, had converted him into. Mm-hmm, that's right. And he's um, back in mostly one piece. Mostly. Mostly. I won't tell you which pieces are missing. <laughs> it's also worth pointing out, I think, that Quoth is not just screwing with Dayton just to screw with him. He needs Dayton to follow his orders and he knows that he he doesn't trust Dayton just like, you know, promising. So he's giving Dayton a reason like you have to follow my orders or I will I will magic you to death. Yeah, he has to give him that that idea. Yeah. But he can't actually threaten him, right? Like he can't actually pull the mommet and like cut him. You know, he needs to he needs to have some deniability so that Dayton doesn't feel like he's being terrorized. Yeah, he's yeah. found a way to to intimidate Dayton into obeying him without actually having to p- to pull that final trump card of the moment, which he has already pointed out will turn everybody against him if he actually uses it that way. Yes. Or maybe he hasn't pointed it out that out yet, but he will. It feels like something that might have been pointed out. I don't know. And I, I like the uh, the world-enriching detail when Martin is kind of cajoling Dayton around and he just offhandedly references like another job they did with another another guy who was presumably put in charge of them. That's why one of the reasons I think that Dayton was so poorly disposed to him. Uh, and I, you know, this, this is based only on this one throwaway line, total conjecture, but I feel like the way they tend to work is the mayor will like send some guy to be the boss of them. And they just sort of roll their eyes and bear it. And some are better and some are worse. Um, but Dayton is probably a little bit sick of it. And then when quote is so young, he really wants to give him a hard time. But I feel like this Brenway guy was probably some other noble that the mayor sent to uh, to be in charge of them. Yeah, it could be totally unrelated. It could be not even be a mayor job. Yeah, but I feel like it's likely. We should try to remember that name in case it comes up again. Mm-hmm. I don't recall. I don't think it's been anywhere else. I feel no. like I won't remember it. This is like a good character moment, I think, because Quoth is kind of admitting that, like, despite his better judgment, he also just, like, wants to get this job over with. He has, like, other things he'd rather be doing. He doesn't want Martin to die of, like, pneumonia. Uh, so even though it's, like, not the smartest thing they could do, he's just kind of giving in because deep down he, he like, he's he gets it. Yeah, he also wants it over with. And I've said it several times before, but I think this is... Rothfuss making sure everyone is present for the final climactic scene while having it happen as soon as possible and also making sure that everyone approaches it smartly or that Quoth approaches it smartly. Quoth didn't suggest charging in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get to do the thing that you want to do without anybody looking like too much of an idiot except Mm -hmm. for maybe Dayton and Hespi. Well, but even then, their reasons for doing the thing they're doing make sense for them. You know, like it's not it's not like a like a horror movie character who just like runs up the stairs rather than out of the house to escape the bad guy just because the the story needs them to be trapped somewhere. And we the audience are going, that was a stupid thing to do. There's no logical reason for you to have done that. Like these characters have internal motivations that make the things that they do that are not the tactically optimal thing to do still make sense for them being a thing for that person to do. Okay, yeah, that's reasonable. Is there anything else we want to talk about on this one? Earlier in the page when Quoth 
is saying to Dayton, he's like, okay, fine, we'll do this. But if, if one of your buddies dies, this is your fault. I think that Quoth would still feel that it would be his fault if something did happen because he's the leader. But I also think he is trying for himself also to like deflect that blame should it become a, an occurrence. Yeah, I think he's being a little nasty. I think he's he's punishing Dayton a little bit. Well, I yes, but also I think that he's like he's trying to make himself feel better. Like if something goes wrong, this isn't my fault. But even though even though it is. <laughs> In actual fact, it probably wouldn't be either of their faults, really. But yes, I think you're right that Quoth is preemptively trying to assuage whatever guilt he might feel as the leader. But I think that Quoth's also, like, not wrong, right? That it will be Dayton's fault to some degree, because Quoth wouldn't have done it this way if it weren't for Dayton. Reasonable. It's a team effort. Martin calls him Den, which is interesting, especially because Denna is also on this page. I don't think it's related. I'm not suggesting that it is. But the diminutive of his name that his friend uses is Den, Mm -hmm. which is sweet. Yeah. I don't think we've seen this kind of camaraderie before between the two of them. They've kept it professional in front of Quoth, apparently. Well, I mean, Martin did. We we haven't seen it, but we know that they are. We know that Martin and Dayton are tight. Or like tighter than they might let on because Martin has told told Quoth like yeah like he and I went out and got drunk after a job one time he told me all about his hopeless crush on Hespi like I think that these guys true true that. are you know these guys are bros. Speaking of bros, we have a sweet little letter today from Forever Vin who writes, "Hi friends, I wish to thank you for all that you have done. Your podcast has been such a great boon to me for many years. I discovered you in the autumn of 2018." Since then, I have followed and waited on your show with much appreciation. You are very special to me. Whenever I'm feeling alone or lonely, I have often turned to you and your banter to play in the background, and I feel better, like I have a group of awesome and fun friends that are there with me. I just want you to know that when you have put out... I just want you to know that what you have put out into the world has at least, at best, at most, I don't know, but you have really touched my heart. Thank you so much, Forever Vin. Aw, that's so nice. That is very sweet. Uh, and uh, we are your friends in real life. Uh, and we encourage this kind of parasocial friendship uh, with all of us. May it long continue. Sometimes I think about the really lovely letters that people send us. And I'm like, man, I wonder if our regular friends also feel that way about us. <laughs> they do. Jordan. And I hope the answer is yes. <laughs> they do. Of course, if they were really our friends, they'd be subscribing to our Patreon. But Whatever, whatever. I mean, I specifically tell my <laughs> friends not to do that unless they've read the book. So, hmm. Not that that stops them. I definitely have at least one friend who hasn't read the book who literally just listens to us. Shout out to Alvin if you're out there somewhere, man. <laughs> Jordana, how am I supposed to fill up my vacation fund if this Patreon is not making fat stacks? I'm sorry, I will try to have more people on our Patreon, Jeremy. I will go out into into the streets and call for people to to add themselves to our Patreon. Please do that. But no, okay. seriously, getting a letter like that always brings a smile to my face and warms the cockles of my heart. Indeed. Yeah, all joking aside, it is uh, extremely affirming. I think you get into this not really expecting it to resonate with anybody and then learning that it does in any small way is uh, 
extremely gratifying you know makes it all worthwhile i think Mm -hmm. so thank you for writing it really means the world to us truly truly uh and will mean the world to you on tomorrow's page uh the win